Good morning, everyone. It's wonderful to be back. A little uh, vacation time with the family for the summer and then off to El Salvador with the mission team. And so it's wonderful to be back with everyone and worshiping together. Uh, I invite you to open up your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke. We're going to be in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42 this morning. Now, this summer, uh, as we often do in the summer, we have a preaching series in which uh, each of the pastors has an opportunity to, to share concerning this topic that we're covering. And this summer, we're talking about connecting gospel mission with everyday life. We felt the leading of God's Spirit as a church to be more intentional in our efforts to reach out with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, in particular in our neighborhood, but also within all of the contexts where God has placed us. And this sermon series is meant to give you practical ideas and applications to how it is that you might live on mission for Christ in the places that God has providentially placed you. And so you've heard about being in Rivermont, being in the neighborhood of Rivermont for Rivermont, for the Rivermont neighborhood. You've heard about serving your neighbor, about how you might live on mission through involvement in sports teams, and last week, how to live on mission on the college campus. In your call as a Christian, in your call to follow Christ, you must worship Him faithfully. You're called to come week in and week out and offer your praise and thanksgiving to the Lord as we gather together as a body of Christ. Also in your call to follow Christ, you are called to pursue discipleship faithfully. To be involved in Sunday school. To be involved in small groups. To read the Word and grow in the depth and the knowledge of what the Word of God teaches us and how we are to live it out in our lives. And third, to faithfully follow Christ, you must live on mission. And that's what we're focusing on. How we might faithfully seek to see others worship and follow Jesus Christ. Are these not the words by which Christ commissioned His church when He said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you even to the end of the age. This morning, I want to continue to call you to live on mission in your everyday life. And to hopefully give you some practical suggestions on how you might faithfully follow Christ in this way. In particular, I want to show you from God's word how you are called to open your home with the goal of sharing Christ. That is, I want you to invite people proactively and intentionally into your home with the primary purpose of offering to them Christ and all of His benefits. This morning's text is focused on two sisters, Mary and Martha. 
and how they each respond to a home visit from Jesus. From what we learn about these women in the Gospels, they both love Jesus. If they had been asked to make a list of their life's priorities, they would have put following Christ at the very top, even as I suspect many of you would if asked to write out a list of priorities. But something separated these two sisters. Something that made their actions very different. While Mary spends her time with Christ, learning from Him, feeding upon His words, Martha spends her time in the kitchen, cooking, preparing food for her guests. What made these sisters different and their response to Christ coming into their home? What made it so that one spent her time with bread and the other with the bread of life? This is the question that we each need to ask ourselves as we come to this text. What do I offer when I open my home to others? For whom am I entertaining? When those who enter my home for a meal leave, are they filled merely with the things of this world? Or have I offered to them something better? Isaiah 55 says to us, Come. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come buy and eat. Buy wine and milk without money and without price. For why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in rich food. Deuteronomy 8.3 tells us man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And what we will see in God's word this day is that each and every one of us is called upon to open our homes that we might not merely share bread, but more than that, that we might intentionally share the bread of life. That is, every Christian is called upon to entertain for the sake and glory of Christ. So hear now the word of the Lord, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, starting in verse 38. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. This is God's holy word for us, his people. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. O Almighty God, who called the evangelist Luke, the physician, to be a physician of the soul. May it please you 
that by the medicines of the doctrine that He has delivered to us by the power of Your Spirit, that all the diseases of our souls may be healed. And that through the merits of Your Son, Jesus Christ, that we might feed upon the salvation and the life that is offered in Him. We pray this all in Christ's holy name for His honor and glory. Amen. The setting of our passage for this morning is a home. Of all the environments where we meet with others, the home is, of course, the most intimate. For when you invite someone into your home, you allow them to see a part of your private life. They will see how you keep your house. Are the floors clean? Is the furniture in order? Does your house have a funny or a doggy smell to it? Is there laundry piling up? How do you decorate? What is important to you? And what do you neglect? I have to be honest that with five children, there are many times that we have had to scramble to make the house presentable before company arrived. Laundry had to be thrown back into the dryer. Dishes collected, toys shoved into the closet, vacuum hastily run over troubled spots in the guest bathroom quickly cleaned. One time a friend of ours seeking to pay us a compliment said, I just love that you're willing to have people over to your house even when it's so messy. (laughs) We looked around and we thought, messy? This is as good as it gets. But when you invite someone into your home, and you've all experienced this, you invite them to see a deeper part of who you truly are. Not just who you are when you make yourself up and you go out into the world and you can control everything that's happening around you. But you invite them into the place where you live, where your priorities over time have manifested themselves. And this is where our text begins. Jesus being invited into the home of Martha. Where he finds out her priorities. Look down at verse 38. There we read. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. The outline of the Gospel of Luke can be presented as his ministry beginning in Galilee, where he does most of his ministry as it comes to temporal. Like he spent the most time in the northern part of Israel in Galilee. But then in Luke chapter 9, his attention gets turned to Jerusalem. And much of the Gospel of Luke is this journey from Galilee in the north to Jerusalem in the south where he will offer his life as a sacrifice for sin. And Jesus is now traveling from Galilee down to Jerusalem. And he needs a place to stay. He is a traveler. 
that relied on the hospitality of others to meet his physical needs. And we're told earlier in the Gospel of Luke that women in particular had taken up this high calling of providing for the needs of Jesus out of their own means. And Martha welcomes Jesus into her home. And this is the first thing that we see from our text. If we would open our homes for the sake of Christ, we must first open our homes to Christ Himself. If we would offer Christ to those who come in to this most intimate of our spaces, Christ must first be present there. And so as we read this verse, we need to ask ourselves, is Christ present In my heart, is Christ present in my home? Or is He merely an adornment that only comes out when I leave my home? For Christ to be present in your home, it means first that Christ is in your heart. It means that you have truly repented of your sin. That you have received Him and the Gospel. That you rest upon Him alone for the forgiveness of sins and for life everlasting. That you know the way that the journey that He was making to Jerusalem ended. That He offered His life upon the cross as a substitute for you. And that He died and that He rose again that you might have life everlasting. For Christ to be present in your home means that you pursue Christ in your home. Through reading the Word and through prayer. Is your home a place where the Bible is read and discussed and applied by the power of the Spirit lived out? Is your home a place where prayer is offered as a family on a regular basis with meals, with spouses, with children? Is your home a place where you gather together in Christ's name to sing and to praise? Because Jesus says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, so too am I among them. In the book of Revelation, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Christ invites you to invite him into your home, that he would be present in your home. And if we would entertain for Christ, we must begin by inviting Christ into our homes, into the mess of our real lives, into the mess of unfolded laundry, of dirty floors, of running late, of petty arguments, of not meeting expectations, not seeking to make ourselves perfect before Christ comes, but inviting Christ into the mess of our lives, knowing that He is the one that will provide the forgiveness that we need. And once we do that, not perfectly, mind you, then we can begin to open our homes to others. And that's the second thing that we learn from this verse. That to entertain for Christ, we must also open our homes to those who are in need. Those who are lost. To those who are on their way. For Jesus tells us that when we feed the least of these, That we are entertaining Christ Himself. When we entertain, when we bring in those who are in a place of need, we are bringing Christ into our very homes. 
Who might the Lord be calling you to open your home to? Maybe a neighbor who everyone else ignores and thinks is a little creepy. Is it a widow who is perpetually alone? Or a college student struggling with her faith, struggling with being away from home, struggling with doing her own laundry? Is it a visitor to the church or maybe someone you have met at Riverside Park? Who is the Lord calling you to open your home to for His sake that you might entertain for Him? As this dinner party begins, a conflict arises between Martha and her sister Mary. You can look down at verses 39 through 40. There we read of real life in a home, right? An argument between sisters. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. The text tells us that Martha was distracted. The word here that's translated distracted means pulled away. Kind of like a tide can pull you away. She wanted to be with Jesus, but there was another duty that pulled her away from being with her Lord. And it was all the preparation. And I think that we can all understand being pulled away. How the other issues in life can take priority over the things that we say are our priorities. For example, maybe you've been called upon to host your family for Thanksgiving. And you want to provide a meal that your family would be proud of. And so you make sure that the plates are shining, that the place cards are in order, that the centerpiece is well arranged, and that the food is spectacular. And yet, so often, all of these outward arrangements leave little time to enjoy the event itself. You become so preoccupied with serving your guests that you never take time to be with your guests. You may even allow yourself to get angry with your guests if they don't appreciate all the work that you did to make sure that they feel comfortable. But if you would entertain for Christ, you must remain focused on Christ. You allow the preparations of opening up your home to distract you from the reason you are opening your home. Look, you're not running a restaurant or a and b Your home is not a banquet hall. Your priority should not be the food, nor the drinks, nor the atmosphere when you are entertaining for Christ. Your priority must be Christ Himself. To the point that you would leave aside all else to sit at His feet like Mary. You see, if you entertain for Christ, you must not allow distractions to take you from the main objective which is to offer your home as a place to feed upon the bread of life, a place to speak of Christ and of His benefits, to encourage and bless those who come into your home with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, when people come to your home, they see your priorities. And the question is, will they come to a Mary or to a Martha? 
Your guests will know what is most important to you by what dominates your time and what dominates your words. When people come to your home, are you so busy making everything perfect that they never see you or speak to you? Or when people come to your home, are they introduced to the glories of your favorite college football team and not the glories of Christ? When you have a guest and begin to discuss the issues of the day, do they come away knowing your political agenda and all of the details of it? Or do they come away knowing of your faith in Jesus Christ the King? It's not that you can't speak of other things besides Christ. But what dominates what you speak about will tell them what your priority is. And to entertain for Christ, you cannot allow yourself to be pulled away by the distractions of this world, whether by preparations or secondary issues. For you must keep your focus on Christ. Now I can hear the objections already. They're rumbling out there. Because every time I bring up the passage on Mary and Martha, I hear the exact same thing. Well, you need both. You need a balance. Right? You need to have a little Mary and a little Martha. And I know and understand your concerns. Because if I had to be one over the other, I'm much more a Martha than a Mary. And if we all act like Mary, then no one eats. As a pastor, I love the Marthas of our church. They are the ones who get things done. They're the ones who volunteer to set up the chairs, to organize the meal trains, to ensure that the nursery is run properly. Don't we need Marthas? Don't we need those who will make sure that bellies as well as souls are being fed? Our practical minds want so desperately and out from the, from this passage. We want Jesus to go to Martha and say, you know, you're right. Mary, go and spend 15 minutes in the kitchen with your sister. And then when you're done, you can both come out and learn from me. But that's not what he says. Verse 41. But the Lord answered her. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Let that sink in. When you entertain for Christ, when you live on mission in this world, you need to allow that truth to sink into your heart. One thing is necessary, and it is Christ. He goes on to say, Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. I want you to notice the grace that Christ extends to Martha. The Lord is patient with her, even though she is angry. She's trying to use Jesus... To get her sister to obey her words. If you've ever had children, you know how this works. They come to you and they say, Dad, get her to give me my toy back. 
And that's essentially what Martha is doing. She goes to Jesus and she says, Jesus, tell her to help me out. But he doesn't yell at her. He doesn't rebuke her. Rather, he takes the opportunity to teach her. And the lesson is that in this life, we will all be presented with opportunities to invest in the heavenly kingdom or in the earthly kingdom. Our time will be spent with food that will perish or food that will feed us for all eternity. And Mary chose that which would last and Martha that which would fade. Mary chose to invest her time in what was eternal and Martha in what was temporary. And Jesus says, Mary chose what was better. Now, Jesus didn't say that Martha chose what was evil. Martha wasn't doing anything wrong, per se, in preparing a meal. Meals have to be made. People need to eat. It would have been rather rude to invite someone over for a meal and not to have anything prepared for them. You can show great love and care by preparing food for people that is healthful and good and tasty. I rather enjoy cooking for friends and family members. But Martha needs to learn this lesson and we need to learn this lesson. That she made a choice and her choice was to give priority to making the meal and not sitting at the feet of Christ. We are all given the same 24 hours every day. Some people are not given more than others. It's the great equalizer. Everyone has the same amount of time. And the question is, what will be the priority in your life? What will you choose to do with this time that is given to you? Will you seek the better portion Or will you first seek the things that fade away? Will you seek God in His Word? Will you spend time with Him in prayer? Or will you exchange what you declare to be your priority outwardly with those things that do not last? Jesus says to those who would object, to those who continue to be anxious about what they're going to serve for dinner, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Look, it takes faith to open your home for Christ. It takes faith to remain focused on Him. It takes faith to leave the kitchen and to sit at the feet of Jesus Christ. For you must believe that if you offer Christ to your guests, that all these other things will be added unto them. Only one thing is necessary. Only one thing will last. A meal is for the evening, but Christ is forever. Even as Jesus declares in John chapter 6, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Do you believe that when you invite people into your home? Yes, food must be prepared if you invite someone for dinner. But even more than that, 
You need to prepare to offer Christ. So often our attempts to share Christ with those in need fall short because we don't prepare to offer Christ. We have not taken time to pray that God would open hearts to receive the gospel. We've not prayed that God would use us to speak an encouraging word. We've not meditated upon our guests' spiritual needs and sought a word in Scripture that would encourage them. You see, I know what goes in to preparing a meal for when you invite somebody over. You make a plan. You ask your guest, do you have any food allergies? Do you have any dietary restrictions? What's your favorite food? And then you go and you buy groceries and you buy good food that you can prepare for them. And then you bring that food home. And you prepare a meal to present before them to show you, to show them that you love them and that you care for them and you want to offer them something good. But do you plan to share Christ with them? Do you ask them what they are struggling with? What blessings have come into their life? How are they growing in the Word? Do you go to the Word of God and seek encouraging words that you could share with them? And then do you pray? Do you prepare the evening through prayer asking that God would open up their hearts to receive His Word? Open up your heart that you might share it. That there might be an opportunity that they would not just merely feed upon the macaroni and cheese that you made, but that they would feed upon Christ Himself. I know that many of you would be loath to offer a dinner of Chef Boyardee. And I say this to myself as much to each of you. Why do you think it's then okay to offer canned prayers and canned answers to deep spiritual questions? Better canned ravioli than canned Christianity. Because if you were to entertain for Christ, You must prepare primarily to offer Christ. To offer the gospel to souls that do not know Him. To offer prayer that addresses the needs for those who are present. To offer biblical truth to Christians who are struggling. To speak the Word of God to real life situations to your children. For that is what will last. That is the one thing that we must pursue. That is the better portion that we must offer. If we would entertain for Christ. So. I want you to take this day. And to think. And pray about who you might open your home to. For the sake of Christ. And then I want you to take the step of faith. And invite them to your home. Now I know that we are each in different stages of life. If you have a young one in your home. Maybe it's not the right time. You're so focused on preparing and feeding your children that to bring somebody into your home at this moment is not the right time. If you have a 17-day-old child like some of us have around this uh, time, not the right time to do it. But if that excuse continues to the point that they are 17 years old, you've pushed it off a little bit too far. To live on mission, you have to live in real life. 
There are many who would love to be invited to your home for a meal. Your neighbors, new visitors to the church, college students, or even foreign exchange students. In your bulletin, you have the number for Jesse Wasserman. He and his wife, Celeste, have welcomed foreign college students into their home for years. And maybe the Lord is laying it on your heart to invite somebody into your home that is a foreigner. Somebody who is a sojourner in this land. The Lord has brought the nations to us. We don't have to go to China or to India to share the gospel with the nations. They are here if we would be willing to open our homes. So find somebody through prayer to invite. Next, prepare to offer them a good meal. Food is a great way to make someone feel welcome. And it's important work. Third, prepare to offer Christ. Pray that the Lord would lead you. Be mindful of your guests' needs and where they are with the Lord. This is not just about evangelism. Yes, it is about sharing Christ with the lost, but it's also sharing Christ with those who are along the way who need encouragement in their walk with Christ. Seek wisdom and guidance in how and when to call someone to faith in Christ. Seek wisdom and guidance in how to comfort those who are hurting or how to counsel those who need direction. Your guests are not projects. They're not assignments. They're image bearers of God. And they are hungry for the living bread. And fourth, Trust the Lord. Just as your home and meal doesn't need to be perfect to entertain for Christ, neither does your theology or your evangelism or your counseling skills need to be perfect. Rather know that if Christ is in your home and in your heart, then all of those who come will have the opportunity to sit at His feet and to dine on that which will never fade away, even upon the bread of life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Oh, Father God, we come to You and we come to Your Word and we confess that when we open our homes to others, we are so often like Martha. We want, O oh Lord, to present to others, Lord, a perfect image of who we are in our own minds, of who we might be, and yet we fall short so often in presenting to them the Gospel. So may we have the faith of Mary to sit at Your feet and to share that which will last and believe that as we seek You in Your kingdom, that all of these things will be added unto us. We pray this in Christ's holy name. Amen.